Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Monday night. We are on the ultimate high of highs last night. The Kings went to LA and beat the Clippers. Some big time defensive moments in that game. Everyone was feeling good. The Kings searching for win number four in a row. Second, I have a back-to-back against a Miami Heat team that was beyond shorthanded. The basketball god said, here's a gift. I present you a shorthanded Miami team. No Jimmy Butler, no Tyler Hero, no Josh Richardson, Orlando Robinson, Terry Rozier, Drew Smith, Thomas Bryant, and Nikola Jovich. But it did not matter. The Miami Heat... Put it to the Sacramento Kings. Big moments from the rookie Jaime Jaquez Jr. Bam out of bio. Kevin Love and Sacramento got down by as many as 20 points, but rallied back in the fourth quarter to cut it to two. But down the stretch, Miami was too difficult, too much to handle for the Sacramento Kings. And Sacramento loses on the home floor tonight, 121 to 100. This podcast presented by our friends for Northwest Exteriors. Check out TrustNorthwest.com. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Mo, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm whatever. You're whatever. You're I don't fine. know. I'm frustrated. But like at the same time, and, and you know, I'm not, I don't know if it's this point of the season too, where I'm definitely not, hey, it's one game. Because yeah. there is no more like it's one game. Um. I am very much along the lines like this shit happens, but I think when we really start breaking down everything that we're about to break down is is when the emotions start coming up. It's when you're not controlling the controllables, and uh, that can be frustrating, especially on your home floor. I mean, you talk about the basketball gods giving you this Miami Heat team that is shorthanded. The basketball gods are also giving you all these home games to end the season on, and you got to capitalize on that. You really got to capitalize on that. And even being so close in some of these moments, uh, seeing this team be so resilient and, and mentally strong down the stretch in the fourth, when you're starting off almost down 20, what a great, great fight back. But then there's just like little other things at the end. It was, why couldn't you just do something else when you're down six? You know what I mean? Or do something else when you're down two, even at there at the end. And yeah. why did you even have to get down by 20? Because of so many things that you just weren't taking care of. So, yeah, we'll get into all those deeds. I love how Morin said, I'm fine. And then went on about a two-minute monologue. Two minutes. Where she sounded extremely frustrated at the end. No, it's frustrating because what you just said, Morgan. <sighs> Miami is a good team. We were more than aware of this. They coming into this game had won seven of its last nine games. They beat Sacramento before 
I went into tonight knowing all these guys were missing, mm-hmm. right, that we just rattled off. Yeah. And I went, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, same, I, same. It, and it's not even so much that, like, oh, the Kings aren't going to bring it. I, I'm going, look, Miami, it doesn't matter who is out there for them. You look at their starting lineup tonight, even with all those guys missing, well, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, Caleb Martin, they were in the starting lineup tonight. They started NBA Finals games. These guys aren't like a joke. Yeah. Like this Miami team's not a joke. They've got some really good players. They play the right way, and Spolster has a standard for them. Go out there and play hard. We don't use being shorthanded as an excuse. That's the mentality they have. They come at you, they play physical, and they're going to be ready to go. Now, with that said, I don't go, you don't get down by 20. Because Sacramento should be more mentally resilient by now. You know, and and that's, I think, one of my big takeaways tonight is like, you get down 20. It was a sloppy game for you in the first half, but you're in the game. In it. But then you get down 20, and there was missed opportunities with adjustments to the rotation. Mm -hmm. Then you decide to go into a matchup zone yourself because Miami was crushing you in that. Their matchup zone was amazing. That forced a lot of the mistakes from Sacramento. So together. You go in a matchup zone, it changes the game. You're getting turnovers. Keegan's making plays defensively. Everyone's making plays. Fox is making plays. And you cut that lead down to two. You get back in the game. You make it a game. You had a chance to win it. With and like it wasn't minutes, not, not with like 90 seconds to go. Thing. Yes. You were back in the game yes. at the halfway point of the fourth quarter. I guess my problem looking at this is just going, dude, those adjustments, those tweaks, whether it's the players on the court or from the coaching staff, they got to come earlier. They can't be coming when you're desperate, when you're down 18 to 20 points at home in the fourth quarter. Those need to happen. Like you were just saying, all right, they made a little bit of a push here. Yeah. What's our main adjustment? Uh, adjustment. Let's let's throw up this matchup zone now. It's a six point game. We're gonna do this now to change the look of the game. Not wait until you're down 18, 20 when you gotta just go ahead and just throw shit at the wall. I think there are a lot of missed opportunities tonight by the Kings. Yeah, and and I think that's just like a, a mental shift too by. Mike Brown and the coaching staff were like, they got a change from, okay, we're not behind anymore. We're in this. We're here. What adjustments do we need? Just pound, pound, pound. And nothing seemed to be like pounding, I guess yeah. you could put it in that sense. But um, did you make a face? <laughs> you saw that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you dick. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess... I guess yeah, that's that's where a lot of the frustrations come in uh, with this team and with this game tonight. And there's a lot of things that I also loved about this game tonight. Uh, a lot of individual moments, a lot of team moments, or a few team moments. And I think one of my favorite team moments was truly when this team was fighting back in that fourth, the beginning of the fourth, the resiliency. Like you, what I saw there, and this is another thing. They were fight. You could tell they're fighting through heavy legs, right? Like they're fighting through second night of back to back. And I say this, everyone does it, but what they had to leave on the floor with the LA Clippers, you know, going up against three future hall of famers and everything. It was a lot. They end up pulling out the win. What could they push through tonight? They tried. They really tried pushing through and they fought back in the beginning of the fourth. But then there was just my, I guess where my frustrations came in is 
it shouldn't have eaten, even got to that hole. Like, yeah. it shouldn't have gotten well, down by 20. And I get that that's going to happen against teams in the NBA, but it, it, there's so many other things going on against the Heat where it just felt like, no, 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 this is your, this is your game. You got this. It got off to a weird start, too. Sacramento had seven turnovers in the first quarter, turned into 11 points for Miami. So the Kings were shooting the ball. Yes. I mean, you go to the end of the quarter, and the Kings close well. They end up leading 33-32. to 32. I thought they did a good job getting back in the game. Chris Duarte with some nice moments in that first quarter provided some nice energy for Sacramento during that stretch. They end up shooting 62% in the quarter. Keegan has got 12 points in the first quarter. They're up by one, but they had seven turnovers. I'm going, all right, you know what? Start taking care of the ball yeah. here, and you should be fine in this game. But I think the one thing I didn't get give enough love to at the time in my head was this. It was some of the turnovers were not like, oh, lazy passes. It was the Miami zone. And Miami has done this the last couple of years. They run a matchup zone. They run a lot of zone defense. They are amazing at it. Mm -hmm. And they do it. Sacramento loves getting into the paint, spraying out for three. They were not allowing any Hands, spray threes. Deflections. Oh, my God. Up in the air. I, I mean, mean, the discipline that was there by Miami's defense. Poking the ball away. They're yep. always digging. If you go back and watch the game, you will see active hands all the time from Miami Heat's defenders. If Sabonis got the rock, there are multiple guys around him ready to go. And it was just forcing him to make kind of tough passes. And it just took the Kings out of any rhythm that they had. Yep. Everything seemingly hard for Sacramento during stretches of this game because of that zone defense. And, and the Kings finished that first quarter going on like a 10-2 run, yep. right? Like it was a, a nice little spurt of energy to finish off that first quarter after you lost the ball seven damn times, or I think it was seven, yeah. And you're exactly right, though. With the Miami Heat and their defense, their activity, there's times that they're absolutely fouling, but what they do such a good job of is that they set the tone with the officiating crew early and basically say, this is how we're going to play. So are you going to stop yeah. the game all game long? Or are you going to like understand that this is our this is our standard? And a lot of it is handsy. And they in like I said, they get away with some things, but like you that's the effort you gotta put forth. And then understanding your personnel of your officiating crew too and being like, oh, okay, they're gonna call that shit every single time I gotta back off, or oh, I'm gonna keep getting away with this. Just a fantastic job by the Miami Heat and just again. The way that they all stay at one level, doesn't matter who's playing. And the second quarter got off to a much better start for the Sacramento Kings. They really expanded the lead. I mm -hmm. thought one of the first plays of that quarter, Fox got the ball. It was actually the first play of the quarter. Fox got the ball in the inbound and went quick push up the floor for a bucket. I'm like, okay, mm. I want to see more of that. You saw that Fox alley-oop to Malik Monk. Yes. All of a sudden, Sacramento's starting to click a little bit here. Um, but the close was bad. The Kings led by 10. They were up 55-45. Miami ends up closing the second quarter on a 20-7 run to take a 65-62 lead. The other thing with Miami tonight, Morgan, yeah. all their guys who played expanded minutes. I'm not talking about Williams or, or Swider, who, who really were limited tonight. But the seven guys that they played, Kayla Martin, Hawkes, Bam, Duncan Robinson, who couldn't shoot tonight but made shit happen with his 11 assists, DeLon Wright playing in his first game with Miami, Haywood Highsmith, and Kevin Love, those seven guys 
all played great. They did. They were I mean, fantastic. And you talk about someone like Highsmith, for example. I mean, just the energy and the huge. spark that he brought off the bench right away in this game. It was like, okay, how many times have we heard, like, if don't, you know, make sure that you're stopping Bam or whatever, but just don't let the other guys beat you. And it really was one of those nights where the other guys were beating you, including the guys like Bam. Yeah. Highsmith had 15 points at the half. He finished with 15 points in yeah. this game. But, I mean, you, you get 15 on six of nine shooting. He was active on the glass, too. The thing that popped out to me is how many times he would get his hand on oh a ball. God. He had three offensive rebounds. That's a crusher, right? Yep. Like, that's just great activity from him. He also had three steals. His length was a major weapon for Miami in this game. And just talking about him really quick in those offensive rebounds and him being that weapon in that first half, I did think the Kings did do a good job of making adjustments throughout this game, like whether it was coming out of a timeout and having a good offensive play or coming out of a timeout, and then you're seeing three bodies down low boxing out, a, you know, a, right. a, a, every Heat player. Like, Putting a point of emphasis on it, understanding the importance of it, um, something that I felt like we weren't seeing in the beginning of the season were the in-game adjustments. It always felt like, oh, they didn't do this all game long. So I was glad to see that they slowed down Highsmith as other guys started <laughs> contributing. So at halftime of 65-62, Sacramento had nine turnovers for 13 points in the first half. Bam Adebayo was awesome. 17 points, five rebounds, four dimes for him in that first half. And I thought one of the key things that hurt Sacramento tonight, too, Sabonis picked up his second foul at the 8-18 minute mark of the first quarter. At 8-18 of the first quarter. Yeah. And it had a major impact on the game. Because all of a sudden, you know, Bam plays aggressive. Bam's going strong. Going Bam India. can blow by you, put the ball on the floor. He's a major threat. He knows Sabonis has two fouls. And he knows this. Sabonis doesn't want to pick up number three early in that first mm. quarter. He doesn't want to pick up his third in the second quarter. Sabonis backed off in a major way. There was no real pressure on Bam around the basket because Sabonis was so concerned about picking up that third foul. I thought that changed the game a little bit. Even Keegan's foul trouble changed the game too. Yeah, I mean, and that's where... Again, I go back to even personnel, like someone like Tyler Ford calling some of that bullshit. And it's like, you just got to understand who is your officiating crew and being able to be like, okay, how do I adjust? And Sabonis's adjustment was to make sure that he wasn't going to be as aggressive down low when Bam was trying to go through his arms. It wasn't even just about staying vertical. It With someone like Bam, you have to use so much of your strength. But if your strength is going to be seen as a possible or deemed a foul in this league, then you got to make sure you're changing it up. And his changeup was to be less aggressive against Bam. So Kings were down at the half. Third quarter. This was the quarter, right? We talked about the first quarter, all the turnovers, how they ended the second quarter was bad. And then the third quarter, the game was tied up at 71. Okay, it's going to be a game here, all right? Mm -hmm. 71. Uh, by halfway through that quarter, Miami was up 81-73. The Kings just looked gassed at stretches. You yep. know, it seemed like they were getting frustrated with some of the missed shots, the Miami defense. Just couldn't get into the flow. The other thing I noted is halfway through that third quarter, Sabonis had not had a field goal attempt in the quarter. Oh. And I'm like, again, this guy is an important part to what you do. I know he's getting a lot of attention, but got to find some ways to get him the rock 
so he can create something. Yeah. You know, like get Bam into foul trouble or so. That was the thing tonight is Bam wasn't in some foul. I'm looking at Bam Autobio tonight had one foul. You get him into foul trouble tonight. That could have changed things dramatically. Well, I text you when we, I think we saw one of his, uh, Sabonis' first field goals in that second half, and that was when Malik Monk came in, and it was in that two-man game, and you saw this little slip from Sabonis, and Monk, pocket pass, boom, gets it to him, layup. Then a few possessions later, it's Monk and Sabonis again, and it was uh, just like a pick and pop to the free throw line, midi for Sabonis. And then... Um, you know, you saw another moment after that where it was Sabonis setting a screen and Monk had a floater. Like, it was working. Things were working, and, like, Sabonis was still able to really be a part of the offense, make things happen in that moment without being too aggressive down low and drawing another foul. You know, we, we've given a lot of love to Miami and what they were able to do, especially how, what they do defensively, right? How they get you uncomfortable. They get you out of your stuff. And then they execute it on the other end. I thought the third quarter, what really hurt Sacramento, some of the lineups out there. And Spolstra did a great job. You put Kevin Love out there. He put Kevin Love out there with Bam. Mm -hmm. He put Kevin Love out there with Hawkes. And this is when the game changed. The Kings lost this game in the third quarter. And I'm looking at one lineup in particular. 602 mark. You got Mitchell out there with Monk, Herter, Keegan, and Sabonis. You can't run that lineup out there when you've got Love and Adebayo out there. They were just hunting every mismatch. Yeah. How many times did I see, oh, they're going, Davion's in the game. They're going to go right at him and have a big post him up, and then it puts you in a really tough spot because Bam and Love are such good passers, too. They see the floor well. But I didn't even think Sacramento didn't bring over a double. They just went, okay, go ahead and deal with this one-on-one. -on -one. These guys are going, bucket. Same thing with Kevin Herter tonight where they, were, they saw Kevin Herter and go, that's our target. We're going to make sure Bam gets the ball, Hawkes gets the ball, or Love, and we're going to go at him with a turnaround jumper. They didn't bring help. And that happened late in the game, too, even when they had a bigger lineup. But I, I could not believe that they went small for that long in that third quarter because Miami just exposed them. Well, it's surprising, too, because if you look at the night before of just how much that they were helping each other out, blitzing guys. I mean, sometimes blitzing at the half court, like, right, you're going to do that with some of the stars. But it's not even about that. It's about, like you said, just throwing a double on someone when they're on – um, even Give the, the high, guy some help when they're even on the high post when they're when they're uh, you know trying to post up one of the smaller guys down low whatever it is I mean being active and just being able to rotate over I just didn't see a lot of that type of defensive activity which I thought was really interesting um, which I thought they still worked really hard I never felt like anyone was being lazy on a drive it's or just anything. mismatches that's, that's what, what it is that's and what it was that's where your coach has to help you out mm -hmm. and Mike Brown I thought went with that small lineup far far too long especially with the size out there and I'm like dude love is destroying you Kevin Love in this game had 19 points, seven rebounds in 15 minutes. Yeah, dude. On six of nine. Gross. Hawkes was a beast. 26 points on 12 of 17 shooting. Love and Hawkes outscored Sacramento in the third quarter, 23 Ugh. to 19. Miami as a team outscored Sacramento 
36 to 19. But I, I thought they 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 went small. It was 602. They had Mitchell Monk, Herder, Keegan, Sabonis, and they don't make an adjustment until the 215 mark. And they put Fox, Monk, Keegan. That's when they brought Lyles back into the game with Sabonis. And I I just did not like that at all. I mean, that that is something that needs to be adjusted quicker. And they're in a comfort now. Now they're comfortable. Now now they're believing that they could hit everything. Why not go to a zone sooner? If you're really going to bust out a matchup zone in the fourth quarter, make that tweak earlier. Do not wait until you get down 18. Yeah. 20 in a game. Yeah. When desperate mode comes out, right? And it's like, be desperate in those moments when you see, when you see a team like the Miami Heat, um, they're not the San Antonio Spurs. So when they they turn it on, they click and and they get going and the lead gets going, you got to make your adjustment then. You know, you can't you can't be like, "All right, I'm going to let my guys figure this one out." Let them figure it out against the Pistons, the Spurs, whoever else. But against a team like the Heat, I mean, they're just they're so well coached, obviously, That's it. by Eric Spolstra. And it's like it's uh, sometimes it's genius, sometimes it's just buy-in, sometimes it's just been this consistent standard for so long that just bleeds into everyone's soul. And I think Mike Brown has a lot of that but then there's just these moments where you're just like you you have to be the one to be like nope i'm done with that i'm going back to my short leash method and this is bullshit and i'm making this adjustment and it's not even that someone's not doing their job it's just that like you said the matchup is clearly not working and i don't know how many teams that lineup would work against right mitchell is a small player Monk is not like a massive two guard. Herder has good length at like six seven, but again, this Miami team and almost every NBA team, what are they looking for? They're hunting. They're targeting certain players, not necessarily because they're like awful defensively, but yeah. because oh, that could be the weakest link. We have a size advantage here, and I thought the Kings waited way too long to go big again, and. They should never have gone away. They should never have gone that small tonight, especially against. No, especially when 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 he's playing love with Hawkes or love with Bam. I I just don't understand it. And I I understand that love likes to work the perimeter, but he's also so smart. He moves without the ball. He's a good passer. Yeah, just just brutal. Well, and I think something that you had text me about was when Jaime Hawkes was going kind of hunting for Kevin Herter, right? Yeah. And it's like, I thought Kevin Herter was doing a, a decent job, even like staying in front of him. But then Hawkes would just get deeper and deeper into the paint and feel, no help and no help. No help. And would also feel like he was quick, had a quicker release than what Kevin Herter could add with getting his hands up you know like it's hard to keep your hands up moving back doing all these things where it's like he's like okay well i'm gonna shoot over you every time or i'm gonna make sure i get this baseline jumper or get into the paint you're exactly right there just should have been um more king's bodies coming on over so it really fell apart in that third quarter for sacramento the game was tied up at 71 but they were outscored 36 to 19 by the end of the quarter it's 101 81 that was scary. So you're down 20 going into the fourth quarter. Bam was on the bench to start the quarter. Um, they get the lead back. The, the Kings started to cut a little bit. Bam hit a wild-ass shot. 
as the shot clock oh was going God. down. Was so annoying. Beats the shot clock, makes it 105 to 86. Uh, what do you know? The Kings decide to switch things up. They go into a matchup zone, and it worked to perfection. Screwed with them. Screwed what did you heat. like about how they were able to execute with that? I mean, I just, I, I liked mixing it up when everything's already not going well for you, right? Like you're seeing that this matchup isn't going well for you. So you do something to try and alter it. You make an adjustment, an in-game adjustment. You don't look back at this and go, gosh, I wish we did this. And by the way, going into a matchup zone, especially when you don't do it all the time, it's not easy. I mean, obviously they're running this in practice and stuff and understanding where they need to be on the floor and how they have to move together. Um, but I was really happy to see that they could pull this one out, not saying they need to pull it out all the time and kind of saying they should have pulled it out even sooner. You know, like when they felt like things were going south, that's my thing with tonight. And it's not even about going south because of what the score is. It's about feeling the dominance of, of the matchup of the other team and being like, well, shit, Let's throw this at them. So, yeah, I would have liked to see it sooner. I loved uh, seeing them play together in that zone. It's not easy. And that defense in that quarter was fantastic. They made a lot of plays in the fourth quarter, and Miami had five turnovers in the quarter, turning into 12 points for the Sacramento Kings. De'Aaron Fox also had a block in that quarter. So did Keegan Murray. Sacramento had five steals in the fourth quarter. Mm. Hell yeah. I mean, the intensity, you guys, the way that they're getting up and guys, it felt a little bit more like last night, like when De'Aaron, or for example, there was this, I, I don't know when this moment happened. I want to say it was in the fourth and it was Kings had the ball. De'Aaron started losing it. Maybe it was Caleb Martin or whoever jumped on it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. both jumped on it. And Fox then, got pissed. Fo- well, and yes, because so then, so then it was a timeout, right? It, uh, Caleb Martin was calling a timeout. The refs were calling it a timeout. Then Tyler Ford was allowing Eric Spolstra to manipulate him to say, we never got a timeout. And then he goes, inadvertent whistle. And I'm like, no, De'Aaron gets so pissed. And he just goes up and he's like, he's calling a timeout down there on the floor. Like he's telling Mike Brown and everything. And good. Then they had to take the timeout. I loved seeing that passion from De'Aaron is my point. You know, you got a little bit of that angry fox. And that's when things started going in a different direction. I yes. need the that pressure. You're just talking about the on-ball pressure from yeah. the Kings in that fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, and The that. zone. Here's my question, and I don't know how you can even answer it, but I'm just throwing it out there. What? Why does that come when you're down 20 going into the fourth quarter? Why does that happen then? Like, why can't that happen earlier? Like, yeah. there were moments, for example, these big runs that they have allowed this year. And I know in today's game, we, we see massive runs with three the three ball. That, that changes the scope of things here in the league. Why can't the wake-up happen faster? Why can't that mentality, mentality shift sooner so you don't get yourself in a hole where you get down 20 and then you have to play perfect basketball down the stretch? Right. right. So can I tell – this is kind of a weird example. But here's an example. You gain 20 pounds and you get desperate and then you go, I'm desperate. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to work my ass off now. 
what, what, why didn't you do that when you gained 10 pounds? Why didn't you do that when you gained five? It's a mental shift, right? It's something that, that motivates you and triggers you to be like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing this. But, but my point to this is why can't, you got to figure out when you're five pounds heavier to have that mental shift, not when you're down 20. You know what I mean? But you, you can't be putting on 20 pounds three times a year. If this you can't, hap- you can, if you can, if you get, is, get out of it, that's, you can't do that. <laughs> that's the whole point is like (laughs) i love how they they brought it in the fourth quarter i love that they got back in the game Uh, it's just i think a lot of people who are watching the game tonight if they you stuck with it or if you're at the game you're sitting there going i'm enjoying this and i hope you could pull it out but couldn't you have just woke it up a little bit because it look you gotta score 36 19 in the third quarter i mean if that's just if that's 30 to 24, the game's different. My point is find your fire, find your right. mental shift without getting there, without things getting bad. How can you do that when you're five pounds heavier? So shift. Here's my question is who is that on? That's on um, individuals. I mean, because like here, here, no, 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 no. I, cause here's my thing. Cause you can't go to the bench and look at, Oh, Mason Jones, can you hype everyone up? Let's not to- talk about the fact the Kings finally lost a game with Mason Jones on the bench <sighs> now, it. three and one. Damn it. Um, but you can't, you know what I mean? Like he can't, he can't be, he's not like fairy godmother where he can just like sprinkle some hype dust on okay, everybody. That's not what I'm asking. But my, no, that's, I guess this is, I'm getting to my point though, is that it is an individual thing on these people. And you can say that's coaching too. Yes, it's absolutely leadership. It's coaching, but it's on the individual to be like okay they want me to get up they want me to do this sometimes a coach just will trust your best player to be like okay they're they're conserving some energy because you know second night of back-to-back they're making sure that they can like last the rest of the game whatever um but there's other times absolutely you want to see a head coach just be like get your ass up there. Like, what are you doing? This is, you know, this is what we're doing right now on this defensive possession, whatever. But it, yes, accountability with these individuals, you got to find a way to get that mental shift. Got to find it within. So many awesome plays in the fourth quarter during the comeback. You had Keegan ripping it from Bam and then gets the ball back, hits a three ball to cut it to 105.95. Then you had Fox with an outstanding block. He blocked Duncan Robinson it leads to a Keegan Murray three, making it 106.98. I'm looking out my notes. The Kings got to six with 547 to go after a Fox that jumper. So six point game just over halfway through the quarter. That's a you're in it. That's a game now. Uh, Fox cuts it to two, 110 to 108 with 324 to go. Mm. And then Miami just got it going. Um, I thought it was really impressive. Jaime Hawkes Jr., who we've not spent a lot of time talking about quite yet because we're going in order here. He had some great baskets, including one on Kevin Herter. And then he had an incredible one on Sabonis, where yeah. he just absolutely fakes Sabonis out of his shoes, gets to the basket, bucket, and then it's 114-108. Bam, hit some big shots down the stretch. I thought Hawkes was just a game changer tonight. Annoyingly I, good. And it's not a surprise. If anyone watched him play, I, I think there was zero doubt he was going to be a good NBA player. And then when Miami got him, he went, of course Miami yep. got this guy. This guy's a stud. His footwork is tremendous. His ability to finish. He has some really challenging shots in this game. 
He shoots it with confidence. He didn't really care who the Kings threw at him. I thought Keegan had some nice moments on him, but yeah. he also, I think, scored on Keegan too. He could put it on the floor, finish around the basket, got that turnaround jumper, just a really good player. Miami loved his basics of what hmm. he could do on the floor and what his, um, I guess, his mindset is as a competitor. And they just elevated that to another level and they knew exactly i mean everyone knew exactly what miami was going to do with him now did we think it was going to be like this so quick um maybe not so much dominance but at the same time like are you surprised this i mean this guy is just like talk about a different mindset uh just so confident, but also so confident because he puts in the work and he puts in the work mentally and physically. And it, it's, it's fun. Seeing, he seems like one of those players where I'm, I'm going to be glad to see his success throughout his career, but shit, I'm going to hate playing him every single time. 26 points for him. He also had five rebounds, three steals, two assists, 12 of 17 shooting. Mm. Yeah. My goodness. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us. Make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. I put this poll question out, Morgan, on a scale of one to 10. How annoyed are you? One, relax. It's just a game, Deuce. Oh. Five, it's whatever. And 10, very WTF. 54% of people who have voted tonight say very WTF. Uh, 29% say it's whatever. 17% say relax. It's just a game. I'm around the it's whatever. In the chat, let's get to some of them. Gilbert says, I feel like Jaime got drafted to the perfect situation for him. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Nick Navarro says, can Keegan shoot the ball more? Dude, Keegan was on what tonight? We're going to go over some of the good of this game because there was some. Keegan was part of the good. And I thought, yeah, he was cooking. I want him to have the rock more. He finished with 28 points. He had three steals, 10 of 14 shooting, six of seven from three. Good to see him knock down some threes. Yeah, his threes looked just really good. Talk about all in one motion, just the flow of the three, the way it was leaving his hands. Um, he he didn't look like he was hesitating at all, even thinking twice when he was looking for a shot coming off a of DHO, uh, wherever it was. It was just confident knowing exactly what he needed to do from beyond the arc. And he had a really good shooting night. It was fun to see. Jeremy says, will you guys stop sugarcoating it? Call it like it is. This coach does not have this team prepared. Look how often oh. they lose to bad teams. Wake up. Um, Jeremy. Jeremy. Um, well, Miami's not a bad team, one. I mean, this this is not them losing to Portland shorthanded. Um, this is not them losing to the Hornets shorthanded. Like, as I mentioned at the start of this, three of their players in the starting lineup tonight, including one all-star, started in the NBA Finals last year. They're, they're like, not a joke. Miami's a really good franchise. Um, I, I don't think this was anything about not being prepared. I think tonight came down to this. Miami was awesome, and the Kings put out some lineups that got absolutely exposed. They waited too long to adjust, and they get down twenty. It, it's all there is to it. Like the Sacramento, their mentality has to shift quicker. So, you call that sugarcoating? I don't know what else you want me to say. Like I don't know if you want me to yell. 
and put it out on social media and get all loud. Like, I don't know what you want from us. Uh, I'm just talking about what I saw tonight. And what okay. I saw is a Kings team that struggled with a zone defense against Miami, a Kings team that didn't get engaged enough defensively sooner and didn't make adjustments quick enough. And that's why you lost an NBA game tonight. Yeah. I don't, like, yeah, I no. don't what do you want? I, I mean, yeah, who, no, 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 not getting into that. Nope. Mm-mm. What? No, I just, I, I just, I find it so interesting um, how some people yeah. break down the game or see it. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> and then like how I do it, how you do it. I mean, we all can have different observations and takes and how we want to feel emotionally and all the things. But at the same time, like when you look at a team like the Miami Heat, even missing guys, they're absolutely not a bad team. Um, I, I think that's such a, a lazy take sometimes that people want to go with when a team isn't fully healthy. Now, it doesn't excuse how the Kings performed at times in this game, especially even starting off in the first quarter when they kept losing the shit out of the basketball and not taking care of it. But then you look at the other side of things, you go, why was that happening? Oh, because Miami was really good defensively and also just being very handsy, very active. Like, you got to give credit where credit's due. I think the one thing, too, I remind myself is when we go live after every single game, win or lose, on the nights you lose, you know, there's more venting in the chat. And it's just going to happen. And it's okay because people are upset. Yeah. I think sometimes people want me or you to come on here and, like, Nope. Kick, scream, yell, and be like, what the F is this? Mm-mm. Look, I'll do that when I feel that way. And I felt that way at times this year. Tonight was beyond frustrating. I, I just don't know what else you want me to say about it. Like what we said at the start. Basketball gods gift-wrapped you something, a shorthanded team tonight, and you didn't take advantage. So, yeah, it's um, it's definitely disappointing. And now you got to... Find a way to bounce back against the defending champion Denver Nuggets, who just are coming off a really good win against the Golden State Warriors, where they played some great basketball in the second half. Oh, and then you played Minnesota after that. Oh, but, some fun times ahead. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. But I understand the feeling of the letdown because this is this has happened a lot this year where you're just like, oh, the, the, the games you're supposed to win. Be mad about the Pistons game. Right, you're losing to the Pistons at home. Yeah. That was a shorthanded, awful team yeah. that you lost to. The Blazers on the road. Oh, dear God. Shorthanded, bad team. Hornets, mm. bad team, shorthanded. Those are the games that just eat at you. And two of those games, you lost at home. Yeah. And so, I think you, the point you said is like, if this is one that happens earlier in the season, you don't have the other ones, you go, oh, it's frustrating, but whatever. But now, like, we're in the point of the season, you're watching the standings every day. We're getting excited that they jumped to fifth last night. Uh-huh. Well, now, with this loss, you dropped to seven. And it seems like all the teams from five to ten, Ooh. They, they win some key games, and they jump up, and then they lose a couple and hey. fall down. But you got to figure it out but here. He, oh, this was the other thought I had after tonight, too. I was like, you guys, breaking news, yeah. the Kings aren't going to win the rest of their games. How There's 25 <laughs> games left. They're not going to go 25-0. and 0. They're not. 
They're just not going to. And that to me, just that thought is frustrating because I go, holy shit though. What is that record going to look like? What is it going to be? I mean, even if you're just losing five of those games, it's like, wow, you're playing some really good basketball in the, in, you know, this last part of the season, but it's going to be a roller coaster. Now, a roller coaster can be janky and not fun, you know, and like, oh, oh, oh. Or the roller coaster can go up and down and still be smooth, where you can still have the feelings of like, oh my God, that was such a good game, but they just couldn't pull it out. Where tonight, I'm like, I'm a little bit everywhere with this one because I go, there was so much. Not, I shouldn't exaggerate about so much good. There was a lot of good in this game that made me happy and excited to talk about in tonight's night chat, win or lose. But then when they did lose and the reasons why, that's where my emotions kind of changed to just like, ugh, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. It's wild looking at the end of this because we just went over Miami's box score. With, with some of these guys, right? Hawkes with 26, Bam at 28 points, 10 rebounds, seven dimes. Uh, Caleb Martin, God, he played aggressive. He had a great move off the dribble, lowered his shoulder a little bit, create contact on Keegan and one. He finished with 16 points and six rebounds. DeLon Wright, I thought, was an absolute pest. So annoyed that Miami got him on the buyout market. Just the perfect Miami Heat player. Mm-hmm. 13 points, five assists, two steals, just everywhere defensively did a great job. I thought for them 15 for high Smith. And then we mentioned the 19 for Kevin love for Sacramento tonight. One thing that jumped out to me. Yes. Sabonis finished with another triple double. He did 21 on the season. Another double, double, obviously at 14 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. He only took eight shots in this game. Eight shots. This, and one, this that, was one of the frustrating triple doubles. It, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And where you go, oh, man. They did a hell of a job on him. Mm-hmm. And that's the one area of concern I have is like, okay, he means so much to this team. If he is not involved and he's not getting the ball in the spots he likes and he's not able to orchestrate as smoothly as he does, dude, this is what teams watch, right? Like teams watch these things so come playoff time, they could try to take you out of your and game. And that's what happened in last year's playoffs. Now you go, okay, experience as well really helps some of these teams. And you look at Miami, they have experience in the NBA finals. I mean, you know, these this team specifically, they have experience in the postseason, all the things. The Kings, they have one playoff series now under their belt. But what I love about Domas this season so far one of the things that we questioned about his game in the beginning was when he's matched up against some of these other bigs, like, for example, Zubots. What did he do last night? He, he did a great job. He went through his chest. He did all the things he needed to do. He made this in-season adjustment to be like, no, I'm not going to let these bigs dominate me. I'm going to get stronger, and I'm going to go through them. Now, you go up, someone, you go, go up against someone like Bam, who's just smart, athletic, can put the ball on the floor, just can do it all. So good. And then the rest of this team and what they put together to slow down the anchor of this Sacramento Kings squad, well, now you got to figure it out because this is the shit you are going to see if you make another playoff series. 
Yeah, he had 14 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, 4 turnovers in 40 minutes, 6 of 8 shooting. Um, he was 1 of 4 at the free throw line tonight. By the way, that was the other big swing tonight. Free throws. Sacramento, 7 of 12, 58%. Mm-hmm. Miami, 20 of 25. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. And it's good. Miami just... Executing... Got, it was brilliant tonight. Yeah, and well, it just yeah. I, I I just I felt like the Kings really could have made those adjustments that we keep talking about, whether it was with the lineup, whether it was about flicking the switch mentally and being able to like get up, get up, get up, leave it all out there on the floor. You just don't want to end this season with any regrets. And I put this game on this season because like I've already mentioned seven hundred times. Every single W down this stretch is just so very important. Uh, some people in the chat mentioning that De'Aaron Fox did not shoot a free throw tonight. Was Dude, there anything glaring on? I, yes. I, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I, mean, I think I even texted you about it. When uh, Highsmith was, like, just all over him, handsy. But I respect it because he never changed. Like, that is what he did. And he basically said to the refs, this is what I'm going to do. So are you going to call this all game? Or am I going to just, like, be able to, like, play my defense? And I think when you get to set your tone, like, this is my standard, it's just different. So, yes, there was those moments. I thought they did a hell of a job just making sure anytime he even got in the paint, it was... Difficult. Quick attention. Like, they were concerned... They just made life hard. Like, the Kings love their spray through. I mean, every team likes to get the paint touch and spray for three, but mm-hmm. Sacramento really likes doing that. They like getting out in transition. Miami's not only in their zone, mucking things up, but then they're picking you up full court. Oh my God. And on the second night of a back-to-back, they're trying to exhaust you a little bit. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, you're not going to push the pace on us tonight. We're going to make you think. We're going to put some pressure on you. We're going to force you to bring someone else to get the ball up and – make you get into your stuff a little bit later than you normally like to. And then here's the zone. I mean, it's, it's brutal. I mean, brutal. You could feel it. And that, and that's where I was impressed with De'Aaron Fox and some of the other Kings guys. Like I thought they still did a good job of pushing through. And even after being down 20 and having these tired legs, still trying to push through, be resilient. Um, and pull out a win in that fourth. And yeah, like that's where that's where I go, okay, this is where the good was. Um, and I know there's every single time I feel like that we talk about the good, we have to like preface it with the bad because <laughs> someone's going to be like your sugarcoating shit or get so pissed yeah. off because we're not like throwing the desk over into the windows, the nice Northwest exterior windows. <laughs> um, but but truly it's, it's uh, some of those things that I saw from this Kings team on a second night of a back-to-back. I was just, yeah, I was impressed with. Yeah, De'Aaron had 27 points, eight rebounds. He had six assists, three steals. The number that's going to haunt him tonight because of that Miami defense, seven turnovers for Fox. Yeah. Seven turnovers. I believe that's a season high for him. I mean, and that's just taking care of the basketball when someone's all up in your grill. And that's exactly what the Heat were doing. And um, sure, we can sit here and give the Heat even more love. But for De'Aaron, it goes, you just go, where where do you either get to a point where you're ripping through and trying to manipulate an officiating crew too? You know, like these these veteran moves. Like when do you when do you 
try to use some of those things. And, um, yeah, and instead, I just think the Heat were doing just a much better job of putting that pressure on. Uh, the Kings in the fourth quarter, they started the quarter with Fox, Herter, Duarte, Lows, and Sabonis. Uh, at the 9.52 mark, they went with Fox, Herter, Keegan, Lyle, Sabonis. That was the group that finished the game for the Kings. You did not see Malik Monk play a minute in the fourth quarter. Harrison Barnes only played six minutes in the second half, did not play in the fourth quarter either. Why was that? I think the Monk thing, I, I don't know. I think he, that that's the other thing. Like we, we talk about, okay, you, you don't want to go too small. We were referencing the lineup that they had earlier with yeah. Mitchell and Herter out there and the size issues, right? You don't have any size with some of the bigs that are out there. Um, I think he wanted Herter's length out there. Now Herter also. And I liked Herter out there at times. He ends up with fifth. He had 14 points, two of nine from three, five of 15 from um, overall. Here's my thing. It might, this might be a little more of, um, you know, hindsight's 2020. What? I mean, if they're going to try to go at Herter. Yeah. You know, I, I want Monk out there. I just want another ball handler out there. I want a guy that is a threat who. who... I get it. I get what you're saying, but I also, I felt herder's size on that defensive end at times and i get like we're we can talk about go back and watch all the bad plays too when they would be like we're gonna hunt him down we're gonna and that was the problem is my my thing is if they're gonna hunt him like i didn't find let him hunt monk but monk is going to be such a threat on the other end of two to put pressure on it and it allows fox to maybe play off ball a little bit or allows monk to play off ball I don't know. I just like Monk closing games a lot. And I, I, I just, that. it's tough to me. And I, I guess part of it too is like, hey, this is the lineup that got us back in the game. We This lineup cut it to two. We got to keep rolling with it. So maybe that was the thought process. It, is like A lot right. of it was. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's that it, it's exactly it. Like, why wouldn't you roll with what was working? I mean, how many times have we complained about, um, you know, there being times where, they're not rolling with a rotation that's like working for them. Why screw with that? Right. And so maybe that was, I mean, that was probably the mindset, but I also understand the mindset of being like having a guy like Malik Monk and having his spirit out there, having that competitive nature out there, especially when you need it most. But look, that lineup there got them back into the game almost came back to win the game and it just still wasn't enough. And maybe Deuce, maybe that's where I'm feeling it too. Yeah. Where I go when they were, when the Kings even had, were down six, right. Or down two, maybe that's where the adjustments for Mike Brown come in. And that's where you put in monk and be like, okay, you know what? Like now it's time for you to go off. Now it's time yeah. for you to knock down a three herders, two of nine. He's doing a good job moving without the basketball and stuff. But like, we just need that extra spark. On the offensive end as well. Hayden says, such an annoying loss. Thanks for podcasting, even on losses like this. Always excited to Aww. tune in. Well, thanks, Hayden. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks. Manny thanks. says, just a bad loss. No, it definitely was a bad loss for sure. Uh, our buddy Jeremy, who's mad because we're not yelling, says, can't wait to hear G-Lo and KC tomorrow. I Same. We we actually I listen every day, literally. <laughs> So. Oh, but wait, is he trying to be mean about yes, it? Yes, he is. Jeremy's in his feelings tonight. Okay, Jeremy, <laughs> calm the fuck down. Like, no, <laughs> we're not doing this, sweetie. <laughs> she's 
insane. I'm man. like going to protect my energy and ugh. Uh, Kings on the night shoot fifty three percent, forty percent from three. Uh, they finished with fifteen turnovers, so they only had four turnovers in the second half. Uh, Miami though, fifty one percent shooting, thirty six percent from three, twenty of twenty five from the free throw line, and uh, they do it with a thin, thin lineup. Um, we're going to take some discord calls too in a few minutes. We should mention that tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest exteriors. If you need new windows, there's no better place to go. Morgan Reagan. There's no better place to go. And actually I now have a Northwest exteriors family. My sister's getting some windows done. Um, after she saw the work that was done for me and it's understandable. I know we've had other podcast listener listeners also reach out and get some quotes as well. And that's all you need to do. Whether you're like, Hey, is my house not staying uh, warm enough in the winter or not cool enough in the summer? Just reach out, get a free quote. It's pretty simple. Go to their website, TrustNorthwest.com or the showroom in Rancho Cordova because they are Morgan Reagan. Sissy the best. <laughs> Trust Northwest. <laughs> I swear I had it right that time. I'm not, it's in my head now. I've got the yips with this. Okay, try it again. Yeah. Sissy the best. Yeah, I'm done with it. Okay. Yep, not They're tonight. awesome. Not Appreciate tonight. that. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, man. Morgan, what would be your moment of the game tonight? Uh, my moment of the game. One moment that probably sticks with me. That she, I mean, we have to put the that Miami was shorthanded on it, right? Yes, yes. The, maybe the play of the game. Miami was the the Caleb Martin jam and then on the other end Trey Lyles taking to the basket and bam with the dagger block why is this your moment because Morgan the whole point of moments aren't just good moments it's supposed to remember the season and what happened I like yeah, you could put one good one on there if you want I like to to make my memory have some happy moments um Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, I'm good with your moments. I mean, I'm looking back at some of my notes and just like... I'll say Keegan. Keegan was really good Oh, tonight. that's a good... There we go. Positive, positive energy. I'm still putting Keegan's. the other one on there, too. That, no, and that's fair, because I want to remember a lot of, like, what this game was about. But six to seven from the three-point line uh, for Keegan Murray. Love it. Yeah, he was awesome. Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. Who is your rock and soul player of the game, Morgan Reagan? I already know who you're going to put, so. Who? Uh, Jaime Hawkes. Yes. Yeah. And well-deserved. I mean, what a stud. What a dude. 26 points, five rebounds, three steals. Just playing with his 
full heart out there. <laughs> He's a man. He I like really it. Is. I like his game. Uh, I will give an honorable mention to Keegan Murray, too. I thought he was really good. But you know what? Kings lost. You lose at home to a shorthanded team, you don't get the Rock and Soul player of the game. Check out Rock and Soul Diner just six blocks away from Golden One Center in downtown Sacramento. It's amazing food. You get a breakfast for dinner. That's a W. Yeah. And if you just go watch a Kings game there, you can get 25% off apps and 25% off drinks during the entire Kings game. All right, Morgan, we got a little extra time tonight, so we should talk to the people. Let's kick things off in our Discord by talking to Manny. Manny. Hi, Manny. Hi, guys. Oh, you're not okay? <laughs> it's so frustrating, man. Yeah. Like, watching that masterpiece yesterday and then this, like, it's like... Oh, what a like look, I love Spolstra, right? Like as being again, being a Bulls fan, watching the stuff that he's done, he's a genius coach. I think even as much credit as he gets, I still don't think he's underappreciated a lot. Um, his ability to end game, make adjustments, no matter what the lineup he puts out there, is incredible at times, right? Like I fully expected that team to be in the game most of the game. I just didn't expect them to be up 20 at some point. I know. Yep. That's it. And that's what it is. Like, dude, his, his, bam, great. Uh, Jaime, I love Jaime. Loved him. Wish he had been on the, oh, I knew it was going to be, they couldn't do it, but like, I would have loved to have seen him on the Kings. I, I would have picked him a lot higher than what he went, but he's perfect fit over there. Right. But other than that, like Caleb good too. Like, but, that this is our A team. Like this is like almost you know, I know Sasha's out and all that and and Len's still a little bit jammed up, but I I was it's one of the biggest disappointments this year for me. I, oh man. Especially after the way everything went the last game. Like it's just how do you go from that? Not to this. Yeah, like, Manny, it's, what it's by the way, Manny, me. you keep cutting out too. I don't know what's happening. Deanne, right? Like watching them get it back to or Manny, Manny, Manny. can you hear us? Manny, um, Manny can't hear us. Too late. Yeah. Oh, what's up? <laughs> Your phone keeps it, it keeps cutting out. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, it what? sounds good at the moment. It does sound good, but it okay. keep yeah, it kept cutting out. No, I'm with you, Sorry, man. man. That's the thing, and I, I I led that tonight with the podcast. It's like, dude, everyone, anyone who actually watches the NBA on a regular basis is not surprised that Miami played hard. Like it doesn't, they don't. It, they're going to do that. Like, that's just what they mm-hmm. do. But it's to your point. Getting down 20 at home. I'm sick of seeing them get down 20 in these games at home. You dig yourself out of a monster hole. It just, it is, it's a it's a crappy feeling after what happened in L.A. the previous night. And, and, and you know, I know everybody wanted to see moves made at one point and improvements. But I also look at from the opposite of that too, right? Is that this team has been together two years now yep. where I just expect like with even if you even if they plateaued with this current version of this team, like, but you guys have been together long enough not to do this. Like losses happen, things happen, you know, guys aren't hitting shots at times. But they miss so many defensive assignments at times. Uh, I just feel like they should be, even if, even if they were the same as what they were last year, right? Like, 
there's just something like, dude, yeah. you guys, should, you've been in this scheme long enough. Yeah, you know, it's wild, though. I didn't feel like tonight it was, oh, man, the defensive effort's a joke. Right. I, I felt like they just, that, that's where I go back to what we were talking about earlier, just the some of the lineups out there. I'm like, I, you can't be going small against this. They're just picking you apart. And then the Kings, it seems like when they're out of whack offensively, when they're not getting what they want, they're just frazzled. Mm-hmm. They're just frazzled mm-hmm. in general. And they looked uncomfortable tonight. The same thing happened when the Kings were in Miami just, what, a month ago or whatever that was? The oh, Kings yeah. could not get anything going offensively. Why? That zone defense again. The Kings just weren't comfortable. Mm-hmm. When the Kings got back in the game, what happened? Well, they forced turnovers, and they were on the run. And then they're off. Oh, man, they're knocking down threes. They're pushing the tempo. But when you're not getting stops, and yeah. then you're in the half court, they're picking up full court. Miami just put on a clinic, I thought, against Sacramento today. And, and then even when they were right, when they got it to four, Deuce, they got it to four. And in my head, I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm like, watch them take an ill-advised three. Like, instead of – they've got them backpedaling. Yeah. Now push it down to the hole. And I forgot who took the three, but it, it wasn't the greatest three shot. I'm like, you're letting them off the hook. You have them on the ropes. Like, go to the hole now. You've hit a couple threes in a row. Switch it up for the next play. They're already they're already backpedaling. But it's a little bit too little too late, right? Like, again, like, it's that – like you said, when it's that also that inability, like, okay, they're up 10. Okay, they're up 14. Like, come on, guys. Like, you see what's going, you see the spiral happening. Let's go. And it's like you said, they get frazzled. They, they're all over the place. And then all of a sudden, it's, a, it's at 20 at the end of three. And it's like, dude, what just happened? Because the first half was fine. Like, yeah. got up 10. I know they gave up the 10. But it's like, all right, we're still here. We're still here. We knew Miami was going to be scrappy. Fine. Let's come out in this third quarter. Let's push it down. Nope. And it's like, come on, man. Like, well, was I have a question real yeah. quick because I wasn't sure. It was Len out or was he available? You know, I think that he was available tonight. He was available okay. tonight. I don't know like how he's doing, but I mean, if he's you know cleared, I imagine he's good to go. And Mike did not go to him tonight or Javel McGee. They went small again. Yeah, that's, so. that's a killer, man. And, I, and Domas, they put so much on that dude. And he played 40 like, minutes on the second half of back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, it's just a and, lot. You're asking a lot for know, him. I felt like that last night, too, dude. I was like, man, he's played a lot of minutes today. I wonder what they're going to do with him this next game because he, I feel like he – I don't even remember him coming out for much yesterday. And I was like, okay. And he has so such a heavy response. That's another thing with the national media. It's like, bro, do you all see – I know Fox is the man, but in a lot of ways, Domas is the man. Like, everything funnels through him. Like, he is literally the point. He's, he's the point center. Like, it's just yeah. crazy okay. how much he – yeah, it's crazy. Well, Manny, thanks for uh, checking in, dude. Thanks, guys. Love y'all. Thanks, There's Manny. Manny. Always good to hear from Manny. Uh, I believe this next person on the phone, I could be wrong. I don't know. I can't really see the full name, but I think this could be our dear friend, Morgan. Yeah. Jeremy. Oh, let's go. Jeremy, is that you? Oh, no, this isn't Jeremy. Oh, <laughs> he said who, he was here. Oh, who is man. this? Uh, sorry, uh, this is uh, Chang. I've been oh. a long-time viewer. Yeah. Oh, hey. Sorry, man. I just he, <laughs> Jeremy in the chat said he was going to 
be there. So my bad. Yeah, no. Sorry to uh, ruin the surprise. No, this is Oh, my God. No, please. <laughs> everyone's in the chat's waiting for Jeremy, but I'm like, nope, sorry. You can switch me out when Jeremy's here. But... No, no, you... no, no, no. We want to hear from a normal person. Uh, What's on your mind, man? How are you feeling tonight? No, I mean, maybe to calm down, Jeremy, I think myself, I don't know if it's the same for you both, but I mean, my expectations with this team is just making the playoffs. I mean, I think in the beginning of the season, I was hoping we can go to the second round, but... I mean, just we're just so inconsistent. I just feel that, you know, we're just going to be, at this point, hopefully a first-round exit, you know? And I think that's why these losses don't hurt as much anymore when you kind of just see, okay, this is a team that's just been the same throughout the year. We're up and down. Um, you know, I don't know. It, I think, to me, it's just at that level where now it just... I, I think I can understand why Jeremy is, you know, very disappointed because I think as Kings fans, we thought we were going to make that jump. Sure. And we're still just... We're not great, you know, as Mike Brown says, good, great. We're still just good. You know, we're not even at the GR letter yet. So, I don't know. Um, and it's really hard. Like, by the way, I think sometimes, too, because I this is how I felt before, I think, the All-Star break. And it was, I turned to Deuce, and it could have even been after a loss. I don't even know. And, you know, talking about what even your expectations and a lot of Kings fans and even my expectations, my expectations were so much higher going into this season. But then I took a step back before the all-star break and I was like, shit, I really enjoy watching good basketball. And we had so much shitty basketball for so long, like consistent, awful, bad basketball, bad energy, all these things that I remember I have to put in perspective that what I'm watching right now is still good. Doesn't mean that I can't be emotional about it, but it's still good. And I think when I look at all these other franchises around the league and the crap that they have to watch, the Wizards, the Blazers, I mean, the Pistons or the Spurs, even all these losing teams. Yeah, I thought and you were naming all the teams that beat the Kings this year. I know, right? And I go, and I just go, Again, I'm not like my standards are still high, but I just remember how bad times were that I go, wait, I'm still watching a product out there that is good, that is ultimately really good, but I still want it to be better. And it still makes me emotional at times, but perspective, just, I don't know. And I probably shouldn't say this after a loss because everyone's going to go. I might jump on you for this. That shit crazy, but like. And that's fine. But my perspective is my perspective sure. and how I want to view things. And I don't know. I, it's just something that I thought about because I love basketball. I respect the game and I respect watching good basketball being played by a team that I root for. I'm, I'm curious if I have a take for you both. I'm curious if you agree or disagree with this, but after watching this whole season, I... I felt like we brought the same players back, but we didn't bring the same team back. Mm. And I think what I mean by that is, I think Keegan's de development was maybe unforeseen by the team. I think they were high on him, but I just remember last year starting was Casey Acapella because I went to that game and I remember Casey got like one or two fouls early on and he would just vanish to like the bench and, and Keegan came in and because I feel like last year we played through so much of Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes. And I feel like this year when we came back, we want to play through Fox, yeah. Bonus, and Keegan. And to be honest, I feel like that's the reason why we were having so many inconsistencies where we're down by 50 at home against the Pelicans because 
I love Keegan, but I, I, don't, I just don't think he's ready for that role yet because I think he's still balancing out the offense and defense. And it's odd because I felt more recently we reverted back to a team from last year where we played more through Keegan, no, not Keegan, but Kevin and Harrison. And the fact that we've seen kind of like a resurgence of Davion because it was weird to see Davion just disappear where Keon came in. So it seems that, you know, to me, I almost feel like Mike Brown was trying to change the identity of the team. And I'm not sure if it's this sense of, hey, we got to play what we have and what worked better was what worked last year. So let's play through that and just kind of have Keegan more in that defensive role this year. Um, so I'm not sure if you agree or disagree with that because I felt like that was such the jarring thing where more recently, I just felt like we've played more of a similar style of last year. I mean, I, they definitely were making a concerned effort early in the year to try different things. Their whole thing was like, hey, we're not just going to rely on what we did all of last year because that got taken away. When teams start blowing off your dribble handoffs, the entire playoffs, right? The Warriors just blew up everything. They were denying, they were top locking, making things so challenging for the Kings. And then guys aren't knocking down shots. The Kings offense was not good in that series. It really wasn't. They had moments and then they didn't know what to do when things weren't going well. Yeah. So Mike's whole thing is like, hey, let, we can take some lumps early in the season because the reality is we want to be a playoff team, but we want to win in the playoffs. So let's get to the playoffs. And if things are taken away from us, we know what to do. We know we can go do a horn set here. We know we could run this here for Keegan. We could. They wanted to just diversify the game a little bit for the, for this team to not be so predictable. So yeah, I think that might have hurt things early on. But like guys also miss shots. Like Herder couldn't make anything, and you, you we can go deeper into that. Um, you know the reasons for that we've talked about where he's struggling in his head, but I think you know the Duarte stuff early in the preseason probably messed with his head a little bit, and I don't think he had a great leash. You know, uh, Keegan got off to a really slow shooting start, so uh, and then their role guys haven't really been productive, right? Some of the guys that they did pick up in the off season, so I think there are many factors. I do agree with you. It seems like they're making sure to get back to some of the stuff that worked well last year yeah but it also helps when like sabonis is playing out of his mind right now fox well the kings start playing better well fox is playing better now herder starting to knock down shots consistently they're making sure he's engaged so yeah i i, I kind of see that too where they're making sure to have a little more balance again morgan yeah and i, I the balance you know because i think sometimes going from good to great it was like their goal but they could go from good to great, even in a DHO, right? And I and I mentioned that because they were already really good at executing it. And then you look at the series against the Warriors and it being stopped and slowed down and all these things. But there's still ways to be to execute a DHO on even a higher level. For example, the other night I think it was against the Clippers when um, the Clippers knew it was going to be a DHO with Sabonis and Herter. So they were trying to stop it early and Herter recognized De'Aaron backdoor cuts. Herter, instead of like following through with the entire, like coming off the uh, dribble handoff from Sabonis, notices it from 
notices the cut from De'Aaron, gets a nice, beautiful bounce pass, leads him to the basket. Just my point of this being is there's other ways to even get better in your DHO game, to get better in your two-man game. And I think they were trying to take a whole leap of, well, they're figuring out the DHO and we're good at it. Let's get good at pick and rolls. Let's get good at this. Let's get good at this. And it's like, no, no, no. Do what you're great at. Get even better at it. And then keep adding as time goes. I don't know. There? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. I, I'm just, no, I'm just listening. But, yeah, I do have a maybe follow-up question yeah. is maybe in this ideal scenario and we make it to the Western Conference, you know, finals. Wow. Would you hope that this team stays together or do you think this team just been too flawed to the point where if we make that miracle run, it's still just... That's fool's gold. Don't kind of believe in that run. I mean, I, make changes that or... run. I need some context <laughs> here because in my head, to be honest with you, my expectations are like, you know, I, I think best case scenario for this group, it's probably like they get to the second round. But like, also, they got to get there. Like, they got to get to the playoffs. And this is a challenge. Like, you said at the beginning of this that you had expectations for this team to go to the playoffs. And I think... A lot of fans are guilty of this. Sometimes we get guilty of like, yeah, so when the Kings are in the playoffs, this it's we, we got to stop saying win. Like, this is going to be a battle down the stretch. You have a lot of home games for sure, but there's some tough games. And this race from 5 to 10 is brutal. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be in a play-in. That's a one-game thing. In the Western and things Conference. Can change. Yep. Yeah. So, no, it's, I mean, obviously... Sure, have whatever expectations that we all want. But, yeah, I mean, that's the truth of it right now is the Western Conference is just on a different level. And when you look across the East right now, you you see where the Kings would probably be in those standings, and it sounds like a much easier road. But it's not going to be easy in the West. I think the only reason why I bring this up is it makes me think of the Atlanta Hawks, where they made that Eastern Conference, you know, run. If the Kings were to make that similar run, do you think it's more of we just had an easier run this time? Or do you think there is something yeah. with this core? Or I guess that's my question. Yeah, because it's, I feel like it, it's an impossible thing to answer because I don't know the context. Like, is your path to the playoffs taking on a whole bunch of teams that got, you know, injuries at the last second? You're able to get to the conference finals earlier. Or did you play amazing basketball and just dominate teams? I don't know what that looks like. Now, I think no matter what, if you're trying to build this thing out and you're trying to build long-term, the goal is to win a championship. So you should always be, if you fall short of that, you should always be finding ways to tweak things and understanding the big picture. Yes, you have an 82-game sa sample size. That should matter. Playoffs matter too. Uh, but yeah, if you made it to the conference finals, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to just look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Can this team do it again? Do they have the upside to do it again? Or do they need some legitimate tweaks? I think anyone in their right mind looks at this Kings team today and goes, they're going to need some tweaks this offseason. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the way that it's constructed and it's like, you know, you look at a game like tonight and you go, Mike Brown and maybe some of his rotations, but at the same time, what he had to work with. So, I think maybe my last question is, yeah. I, you know, I think we have such fond memories of the beam team and you know especially 20 from how many years we didn't make the playoffs i mean i guess my question to you is i think everyone knows changes are going to happen especially with the starting lineup 
when that day does happen, I mean, how would you both feel when changes are going to happen? Do you just feel that? I, I don't know. It, it's 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 this weird feeling of like I almost feel that because of where they are currently with the standings, and I think just even with all the fans, I think we know major changes are going to have to happen. I mean, how are you guys going to feel when the Beam team does unfortunately kind of like lose the core that we've been so used to? Yeah, Is it man. something? It's life, man. Change is inevitable. <laughs> I mean, think back to the, I don't know. I grew up watching the early 2000s Kings. One of the most popular players in franchise history was Jason Williams. They traded him. Corliss Williamson was a big part mm. to this team. They traded him. He became a sixth man of the year in Detroit. Like tough decisions happen. Hito was a big part of what the Kings had. They traded him for Brad Miller. Like, it's, that's part of it, and it's tough sometimes. You win them, you lose them sometimes, but that's part of it, and you hope that you have the foundation in place with the coaching staff and your key players that you can change your identity and build an, an, a new, but build with a new group. Also, patience is so important too, right? And, yeah. and seeing what you really do want within a culture and within an organization, and that's why I believe in the keeping certain things together while also making tweaks yeah. and changes that make sense for your future. I don't know if that answered him. Uh, but no, it, it, no, it did. And again, I just want to thank you for having, you know, for having me on this call. Oh God, so you guys you. are doing great. Um, and honestly, I love, uh, you know, Deuce's heel persona. And of course, you know, Mo's like the baby face. So I love <laughs> kind of the wrestling. Well, apparently uh, tonight, know. I'm not I'm not yelling enough for some people. Should I yell more? Do you think I should one be angrier person. on the podcast? Weird one person. I mean, I felt bad for Mo because Mo's getting that Roman Reigns heat and she's just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yes! kind of crazy, but <laughs> she's just getting that Roman Reigns. She's oh. a face. She's a face. But for some reason, you know, uh, the crowd is... Uh, Throwing, throwing tomatoes, but just know yeah. that you have our support, Mo. So. Hey, I, so agree. I appreciate us. the love. Thanks. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's cute. Appreciate that. Uh, also in the chat, how about the fact that the, the Kings never ride the hot hand? Keegan brought them back within two. I understand Fox and Mr. Clutch, but run some sets with him and Fox and two man and everyone else stay clear. Yeah, I like that idea. I also want to acknowledge too. Uh, Fox had 11 points in the fourth quarter, too, on five of seven shooting. Keegan had 11 points on four or five shooting. Mm. So both those guys were at hot. I mean, they they did score 22 of the 29 points wow. in the fourth quarter. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that hurt Keegan tonight was he had to sit a large chunk because of foul issues. And, I mean, he picked up his fifth foul late in the game. I think it was like at five minutes to go but you know it's like you got to be careful with that too but yeah uh i do agree big picture wise like dude if he's going like that let him roll get it let's find some other ways to get him going and i feel like this is such an unselfish team that they're down to ride with that i want to make sure too to get to our super chats too let's get to some super chats all right this one, Oleg donates five bucks saying this one hurts. Kevin Love, 19 points in 15 minutes. Appreciate you. Yes. <laughs> that that did hurt. He looked like prime Kevin Love again. Also, Kevin Love, a nice role player for that Miami team. But Absolutely. Shouldn't be getting 19 points in 15 minutes of work. Too many for me. It was like watching him in Minnesota I mean, but again. There was even there was one three that he made, like Sabonis was contesting it and he still made it. I was like, what the hell? Hey man. He could still shoot it. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Murray watched donate two bucks saying wasted Keegan blackout game. 
Yeah, Keegan was really strong. And I, for someone who has been so up and down with his shooting this year, it was good to see him knock down shots. It, the three-point shooting has not been as good. I think coming in tonight, right around 35% from three, yeah. he shot 40%. His defense has taken a dramatic step. Shout out to Hunter Patterson over at the Athletic who did an exclusive sit down with Keegan talking about the strides he's made. So there's so much to like about Keegan long term. I think, too, going back to the last caller, finding that balance of like, all right, how how can Keegan and is it just doing it, just getting used to it, bring what he does defensively all the time and still have something left in the tank? Yeah. And to, it, to have and, nights like this. And it just takes time. And I, I feel like it's been almost a full season of it now with 25 games left mm-hmm. where you're going, okay, can you continue on a night like this? You know, especially though without fouling, staying on the floor, but being able to shoot like this while playing some very aggressive defense. Super chat from fourth quarter, five Canadian dollars saying, hey, at least it's not two to three years ago night chats. Definitely uh, trending in the right direction. Oh, it didn't say night chats. It said two, three years ago, right. That said night. Well, uh, but you're same right. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one way. Hey, at least uh, it wasn't that long yeah. ago. Yeah. No, it's crazy to think about sometimes. <sighs> just, yeah. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Wild. And it just shows you how quick things change. That's, I, it's just that like, is my point of enj- I, enjoying good basketball when it's no, in front of you, though. I'm talking about within 24 hours. I mean, how good How good did you feel uh, waking up this morning? I had a pep in my step. Like, oh, man, Fox was playing angry last night. Oh, Miami's shorthanded. Oh, let's, let's lock them up. Yeah, no, that's, it was a good feeling. It was a very good feeling. Okay. I'd like to congratulate Jeremy. We've officially hidden his messages. He's just trolling nonstop. He doesn't like you. I know. Some men get you very know insecure. Yeah. Morgan. I, As a woman, you know, you got to understand people don't really like what you're saying. Oh, you think I am 35? I, I, I understand let, let where me, I'm at with this. Well, can I mansplain some, uh, to oh, you please. if you don't Yes, mind? if you could mansplain this to me. I'm sure that's what Jeremy yeah. is dying to do. By the way, it's, can I just say one thing too? It's just so weird to me mm. when like, Someone wants to be a keyboard warrior and like doesn't want to just have a conversation. And I don't know if Jeremy's 15. I don't know if Jeremy's 50. Either way, it's creepy and weird. (laughs) It's just like, just be normal. Like, oh, God. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I hope you get better. Oh, man. Emiliano in the chat says, back-to-back games is this team's kryptonite as well as uh, all of their other kryptonite adjacent elements. Yeah, the back-to-back thing, it's... They had some moments where they looked better, but yeah, tonight. I feel like Miami's like the worst team to play on a back-to-back. Well, yeah. I, I mean, a rested Miami team, and whether they're shorthanded or not, it's just like you never know what you're going to get handed at you, except you pretty much do. You know that they're just not going to let anything go easy. Um, and those teams are sometimes the hardest, and that's why I was really proud that the Kings were not letting up. That's what, as soon as the fourth quarter hit, I was like, I started to make myself tea. And then I'm like looking from the side, you know, when you can like see the TV and you, but it's like kind of a blur, but you can see what's going on. Keegan three. And I'm like, okay, that's cute. Keegan three. Like, 
okay, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, boil faster water. And then like all the shit's going down. And I'm like, no way. The way that they're playing defense, all those things. It was fun to see. Well, next up for the Sacramento Kings, uh, they hit the road now. Uh, they don't have a ton of road games left, but they hit the road Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets. And then they go Friday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-mm-mm. Wednesday's going to be very interesting. I imagine that Denver will be at full strength. They did have all their guys against Golden State Warriors. They do not play a game between now and Wednesday. Um, it's actually the first night of a back-to-back for them. They play the Kings, and then they play the next night against the Miami Heat, actually. Ah, um, did you look at that? This is going to be a really tough challenge. I, I watched Denver Golden State yesterday, and Denver could not have gone off to a war start. They just were not playing well, but then they got their stuff together. They got back in the game, and yeah. then they cruised to a victory over a Warriors team who had been playing some pretty good basketball. Also, like I just look at Denver, and they're looking at Sacramento going, we, we cannot lose to this team again. Mm. Sacramento has yet to play them at full strength. We've seen them play the Nuggets twice without Jamal Murray, twice without KCP, and one of the times without Michael Porter. Always with Jokic. Always with Jokic. But this Denver team, to me... is at, a compl- When they're a team, they play so good together. Their starting five is so good. Mm-hmm. There's the, the biggest question with them is their bench. They're relying on so many young guys. They've It's been a little major turnover, and I think they thought these young guys would be better for them. That's their area of weakness, but that starting five can defend. They could score. Jokic, we know what he can do. I imagine they're going to be ready to send a serious message coming up on Wednesday against Sacramento. Damn. I mean, tough to hear, but also, like, you're being realistic. Yeah. So. I mean, and you know, they play well at home. It's pl- I know the Kings won there in the final game before the break, um, but you're going to have to be locked in against that group. There's just locked no in. other way to put it. And I think they're going to have a different type of mentality. They're going to be like, dude, we're at full strength. We're going to go ahead and punk this team. If the Kings can play like they did against the Clippers, would that give you any hope? Like, okay, this is who the Kings are in these last 25 games. And because even tonight's game, you you're not sitting here disgusted with their performance. You know, you're, you're, you're annoyed by their loss more so, but you're not disgusted like we have been before. So I don't know if for some reason they could play like that. Would you feel more confident in these last 25 games being like, wow, against these two really good teams, this is how the Kings played. If they were to beat them. Yeah. I mean, if they were, I mean, if, if Sacramento bounced back and beat the Nuggets on the road at full strength, yeah, yeah, I'd be beyond impressed. Yes, I would be. It'd make me feel really good. I just, you know, I I have a tough time seeing it uh, because the Kings have gotten them three times this year. Denver's at home. I don't know. Prove me wrong. I'd love to see it. And then you go on the road to take on Minnesota. My whole thing was over this stretch that started last game against the Clippers is can you get two? Mm -hmm. Well, you got one against the Clippers. You should have had one tonight, and you didn't get it. So now, can you get one of the next two? That's the problem. You don't want this to tailspin into a three-game skit, right? Well, you just had a, a chance at a four-game winning streak, feeling super good. Oh, we're solidifying that five spot for the moment. You lose tonight in a game that you felt like you had a good chance in. If you lose the next two, 
Where are you at in the standings? Dude, then you're back in the plane, and this is be, the ride. It's going to be up and down for a little bit right now. Yeah. So buckle up, everybody. Buckle up, buttercup. Let's get to some final thoughts, Morgan. You got any tonight? Um, final thoughts. Uh, I think in this stretch, 25 games left. Sure. I think so, yeah. That's how many? Why? Okay. Why do you say that? I don't know. Usually you just I, know the number. I can do the math for you if you want. You can talk while I do the <laughs> just, math. I was, I was shaking my head to the uh, camera. Yeah, 25 games. 25 games. No, and I knew that, but I should have just uh, been confident. 25 games left, and I I know we all want to experience what we experienced last year. But that's why last year, Deuce and I kept saying all throughout the year, enjoy the journey. It's never going to feel like this again, which is true. The come up, there's just something different about it. But doesn't mean that you can't still experience joy. Um, and what I would say in some of the losses, share all of your emotions. But be rational and be kind to people. Do not be Jeremy. <laughs> truly because like it's just such a waste of life and i just enjoy being with so many people here and i love having different emotions and conversations and observations and disagree on things but when you become a dick it just turns a different way so let's just make sure the ups and downs that we are all here for each other and for this ride even if we disagree with our each other's takes it's a good final thought thank you yeah this this season, man. My final thought. This season. That's it. Right when you think oh. the corner gets turned, you're like, oh, they're it's here, man. What a win. <sighs> oh, reality check. Yeah. I mean, until they prove otherwise, it's kind of who they are. They're gonna be up and down. They're frustrating. They're flawed. And, you know, fix things this offseason. Hopefully you come back better. But yes. Big picture-wise, enjoy the ride. Buckle up. 25, 25 games to go. We'll be here live after every single game. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us time. We love you guys, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you for being here. We'll see you later. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo.